All right, welcome back to another edition of This Week in College Football, brought to you by CFB Talk Daily. Right, we're a couple days removed now from the national championship game, so since that is the only game for us to recap, uh, which obviously what we're going to get into. So if you somehow didn't see the news, maybe you were under a rock or you just got out of a coma, welcome back. Uh, the LSU <coughs> Tigers won. So John, let's we'll just talk about that game a little bit. What 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 happened? Let me hear your uh your I guess recap. Uh, well, I got a lot of things to talk about this game, but well, a, a little bit of the post game antics. But during the game, uh, let me just say I bet on Clemson. Um, wasn't I was feeling good at the end of the first quarter? They were up seventeen seven. I was convinced that Trevor Lawrence was the best quarterback of all time. Uh, I was wrong. Well, maybe not wrong about the Trevor Lawrence thing, but. LSU is really good. Uh, I was a little bit shocked. I've watched them play a few times this year, obviously, but every time I watch them play, it shocks me how good they actually are. I, I think the thing that happened this past game that surprised me, which I guess for some people wasn't a surprise, was this dude Stingley is like the definition of shutdown. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there was nothing on the outside for Lawrence Thurdo. And you could tell Lawrence looked uncomfortable throwing to the outside. He really only was comfortable throwing over the middle. And he really only looked comfortable, like, in the, like, really comfortable, like, the last drive of the game. And I was, you know, I was too late at that point. Yeah, I think they didn't really get Lawrence into a groove, though. He was missing a lot of throws high. Uh, and uh, Clemson, the corner, uh, A.J. Terrell was burnt toast all night. But that was kind of on Dabo, though. Like, and uh, what's their defense coordinator's name? Uh, Brent Venables. Venables. Because they didn't put a safety over the top, like, almost the entire game. Like, and the LSU was just going deep every play. Yeah, and that surprised me that, that Clemson, I thought this would kind of be, if this makes any sense, a low-scoring shootout. I thought there'd be a decent amount of field goal. I thought defense would step up. for Because LSU's defense has looked well, not including the huh. split. Not including the national championship game, the two games prior to it. But uh, I thought defense for Clemson wouldn't be a problem. But I mean, <coughs> like you just said, they got, you know, they were getting burnt all night. Uh, there were even a couple throws that Burrow made that should have been caught, that should have been touchdowns that ended up not being touchdowns. But first quarter, it looks like Clemson had complete control of the game. I think the first two possessions for LSU were backed up within their own five. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, LSU. That game was it was crazy because at first LSU wasn't really doing a lot on offense. It looked like I think Burrow started 0 for four or 0 for five, and then after that he was lights out. Yeah, I mean, I, I knew that it wasn't going to keep up that way. Um, I guess I knew that the offense wasn't going to be kept silent all night. But I don't know. I, I thought maybe Burrow and a couple of times like in the first two drives. I don't know. He didn't look Joe Burrow as we've seen all year. And so I didn't know if that was maybe like he wasn't ready for the moment, but he obviously something happened and he recuperated. And I mean, obviously the rest is history. What did he throw for? 450 almost? No. Yeah, he did throw for a lot of yards. Uh, one of the coolest parts of it had to be Thaddeus Moss scoring two touchdowns in front of his dad. Yeah. Yeah. I also love how ESPN, uh, every time they uh, cut to Randy Moss, 
like it has like the little thing under it and it says like Hall of Fame receiver like as if we don't know who Randy Moss is like I didn't realize his son was at where South Carolina before LSU who Moss I thought I thought I saw something last night Moss was like at South Carolina for a year before he went to LSU uh I don't know about that Maybe I read some fake news. Yeah, you you might have. <clears throat> um. So the one last thing I want to talk about about this game before we go into the Cole Murphy interview, which by the way was pretty fire. He's very open about it. But um, NC State, not South Carolina. Okay, okay, NC State. But um, how about uh the idiot that Odell Beckham Jr. is? You know, I was just talking to my dad about it because. We have so my dad's like best friend from work is Odell. Oh, I forgot about this. Uncle. Yeah, and I was just talking about it. And I was like, man, like Odell always like finds himself in trouble, man. Like, what is he doing? Like, first of all, I get it. You're an LSU alum. Why are you? Why are you in the locker room like that? Though? I mean, there's a lot of LSU alum. Even Zeke was in the locker room. And he didn't Not do anything stupid. Like, he didn't go to LSU. Like, why are you I, I know. But, like, I mean, those players probably, like, he was probably graduating some of the players. But, like, at least Zeke was in the locker room. He didn't make a fool of himself. Like, just if you're going to be there, just, like, just do it, graduate, and move on. Like, yeah, like, there's no need to, you know, hit a cop, give out money. Just, uh, I, I don't know. Our boy Marlon Favorite was there. I he didn't do anything dumb. No, he was with his son. And they had, like, normal seats. Uh, yeah, the Odell thing, I just don't get. Because when I tell you his uncle is, like, one of, like, the most down-to-earth people ever. I mean, his uncle is also not, like, an NFL player, so I get that. But <laughs> And I feel like this didn't happen to Odell. Like, he, it happened overnight. It's very weird to happen to him. I remember his rookie year, he was very down to earth even when he was in college he was just like a regular dude he's getting the uh the antonio brown syndrome he gets some success and then well that's a lot of wide receivers they get success and they just go nuts they should focus on becoming academic weapons yeah like our like our guest yeah um all right also real quick before we move into that a lot of people aren't gonna believe you about the uh odell thing but uh I didn't believe you at first either, and you showed me the picture, and I was like, "Oh, gee, oh no, what's no, he I called getting? my dad. I had him tell you." Oh yeah, we were we were no, on the so, we were on the way back from uh. So the Mini picture. Monday. Yeah, the picture John is referencing. When I was a, when Odell was a freshman at LSU, uh, he sent me a signed picture. It says to Matt, and then it's obviously signed by him. I have a picture. Well, my dad used to have a picture on his phone from the first day of practice when Odell was at LSU of him walking through the tunnel and it says big things coming for this guy which was a great photo yeah that is pretty fire but yeah I didn't believe you at first they're probably not going to believe you so uh you may have to dig up the picture that's hanging on my wall that's not digging oh really yeah yeah I haven't even seen it take a picture of it all right all right um all right, so now you want to move it to our guest? I would love to. Uh, so we're going to have the greatest holder in the country, Cole H. Murphy. Not only is he a fantastic holder, 
uh, beer Olympic referee expert, academic weapon. Yeah. Guy's a jack of all trades. Academic weapon X. It's like the Brian Dawkins of academic weapons. So he's, he comes on, talks to us about his time at Rutgers, uh, on and off the field, uh, gets into some, uh, I guess, uh, I guess who's going to be his replacement. Talks about just, you know, the whole, whole, uh, what's it? The holder of the year award gets into that. Uh, pretty fun interview. Uh, definitely pretty down earth guy. So we'll catch you guys on the other side of that. All right, guys, we are here with Rutgers. What would you consider yourself, Cole? I want to, I want to get your opinion. What would you consider yourself before I uh, get too far into it? Yeah, I would say, you know, the 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 time that I spent at Rutgers, I was always um, recognized as just an academic weapon. wasn't much um, of an athletic threat for most guys, unless you count scout team. But um, academic academic weapon, pop shot king, however you want to go about it. And okay. Angelic holds is, you know. All right, so like, like, like I was saying, so we got academic weapon, pop drop king. Uh, obviously, everyone knows the great hold. Cole Murphy, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. All right, so, so um, oh, you, you want you want to go off. first? You can start All right. Down, boy. No, I was going to say, I want to know, like, you were a walk-on at, like, a, like a community college, I think, right, before you came to Rutgers? Or yeah, you I mean, walk-on at Rutgers? I walked on at Rutgers. I didn't walk on at uh at my community college. I I mean not that back back when I was going to community college there wasn't the full-time scholarships that there are now and um the way that they kind of gave people scholarships was most of the kids that were getting recruited into there were getting a lot of FAFSA money back. Um mm-hmm. so they they kind of leveraged that on top of you got discounts on your books and then you got discounts on your tuition. So that I mean that's their version of scholarships back when I was there. Um but times have changed a little bit. My my last year was the year before that they changed it because before that there was only allowed to be 20 out-of-state football players. And, uh, you know, the season where they started recording at, at Independence was the year that they had changed that. So that's why they had all those bounce-back guys. Wait, so you played in, like, the uh, the Jayhawk League with them, like, right? Yeah, yeah I played in oh, the Jayhawk Conference, right? That's what it is. Yeah, Jayhawk Conference. The SEC so, of JUCOs is what a lot of people yeah. say it. Now, do, do you think that's true? Like playing in that conference, did you feel it was like, like how to compare to the Big Ten? Yeah, I would say that um, a lot of a lot of the guys that I was competing against day in and day out, even though they weren't on the official travel roster my first year and my second year because of the because of that requirement, the twenty out of state players. I mean, a, a majority of those guys are playing either at the next level, which is in the NFL, or they made it to a Division One or Division One AA. So I'd say that. Um, competition wise, I mean, one of the, one of the receivers that when I was still a quarterback played at Purdue and we played against him. And, um, when I was at Rutgers, he had, he had made it up to Purdue and I mean, I'm pretty sure he had a pretty successful day against us. If I remember correctly, that was Terry Wright, um, just a speed demon. Now he's with the Seattle Seahawks. Another guy that I played with, um, on the receiver side when I was still a quarterback, Cedric, Cedric Wilson, who went to Boise state had a really good career there and now was is with the Dallas Cowboys um, Dewan Winfrey I mean the, the list kind of just goes on and on but a lot of good competition a lot of the DBs were, were really well talented and um, you know they went on to play a good good spots I'd say a decent amount of the guys that I played with could have competed in the Big Ten it's just a matter of um, 
you know, getting it, getting in with admissions and whatnot and people's backgrounds at JUCO, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I, I know there was one thing you really wanted to talk about, and I think this will bridge, ease it up a little bit is, um, yeah. the, the uh, beer Olympics. You want to tell us about that? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know how familiar you are and I don't know what the other guests you've had on the show, um, in the past, but I don't know if they really talk about the social life just as much, but, um, I've been always kind of an open book and, um, with the beer Olympics. So I transferred in and one of my great buddies that I became friends with was another guy from, um, TCU. He's a grad transfer, Zach Allen. And, you know, we were always hanging out my first year I redshirted and he had tore his ACL as well. And, uh, you know, we were kind of just like yin and yang. We were always hanging out. We were always going out to the bars and, um, chasing tail and all that stuff and became really good friends. And we decided, well, we got to, we got to bridge the, we got to make this brotherhood a thing on the football team. So we might as well do it with a way that everybody opens up one way or another. And so we decided to put together this, this orchestrated beer Olympics competition. And there was about, I think there were six, five different events the first year we had, uh, we had 48 people do it. A lot of big guys. And you have me, Zach, and then we had, uh, one other person running it. And that summer I was actually, I was, you know, I didn't drink all that summer um, because I was still coming back from my ACL. So I refereed it. And so I'm trying to referee all these behemoths of, of human beings. And it started out with uh, <clears throat> the bucket chug. So there's 60, it's pretty much a pitcher chug and, you know, uh, timed. So we had a couple referees and we would time them. We'd, you know, knock them off for spillage and all that. So there's the, the bucket chug was one of them. Um, after that we had full cup flip cup tournament style. So you're drinking, I don't know how many, how many beers before you actually make it to the championship. Then after that, you got full cup beer pong. And then after that we had dizzy bat, which was probably the dan- the most dangerous one. Cause it's after all those. Um, so you put the, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with dizzy bat, but yeah. for those that yeah. aren't as, aren't as familiar you know you fill up the bat as long as it takes you to drink it you got to spend but we said well there's different chuggers on the team so we'll just make it even everybody has to spend 10 times and the pitcher also has to spend 10 times and uh you know within like the very first two guys at bat we had one almost fall into the fence and impale his chin and that was zach zach allen (laughs) my buddy that we kind of put this thing together and um you know made it through that event then we had a relay where it was a shotgun and and chug off and you got to run back and forth across his backyard and then the very last one was actually a, uh, it was a, just a shotgun race down the, down the line with your team. And there was only two teams left at the end of it out of, um, I believe it was, how many do we have the first year? I think we had eight teams of six and, uh, there was only two teams left at that point. Everybody had either vomited or gone home <laughs> and, uh, team Canada ended up winning that year. And so then we, we kept it going the next two years after Zach graduated, I, I kind of orchestrated it and added more events, put in Thunderstruck to, to start off the games. And, you know, it was fantastic this year. My team actually won team USA. So, uh, got a shout out to those guys. We had, um, my housemates. So it was me, Jake, Jake Gillen, this guy named Jim Onyulak. And then, uh, another one of my really good buddies, Max Anthony was on our team and we just, it was, it was pretty fierce competition. It was between us and Ireland, but the, the true winners came out, Team USA. Or Team Ireland. We were Team Ireland. No, we were Team USA. That's what we were. <laughs> One of the two. I don't know. A lot of, lot of alcohol consumed. <laughs> All right. So if you had to give a, a Heisman for uh, this year's 
uh, beer Olympics? Who do you think would have gotten it? Oh man, I think um, you know the the person that probably came through him was a weapon that I didn't even realize he had this type of chugging capability. I mean, Jay Gillen's obviously great at drinking beer. He was a old lacrosse Division two lacrosse player, transferred up to Rutgers and became friends with us because of uh, a misfortune of events with you know crazy girlfriends, but um, became friends with us and. He was really good at chugging, but Jim Onulak, the walk-on, the walk-on lineman that lived with us, he was just a, like a the ringer man. He was able to put him down so damn fast. Damn, that might be the first lineman to ever win a Heisman. <laughs> <laughs> you got to shout out the lineman. Nothing happens without him. I'll tell you that. Even with drinking games. Yeah, so uh, you became pretty popular with the Rutgers uh, fan base. I mean, probably more important than even some starters, but because of your social media presence. <laughs> Um, how, how did, how did that happen? Like, did you just wake up one day and you were going to make it a thing or like, was there a story behind it? I didn't realize it was going to become as big as it, it was. I figured as my biggest goal was to just make sure that Pete Mortel knew who I was so that I could be even in the running. So I started my campaigning way before everybody else did. I started it the March. I think the very first video I put on my Instagram was like March that, that spring before we even started spring ball, it was me, Billy and Justin. And, uh, the guy that wants to become kind of my, my prodigy is uh, this guy named Austin Alvarici. He's a young walk-on quarterback. He wants to kind of become the holder, and he was there just recording this stuff, and we were joking around, and we were doing these celebrations. And, um, you know, I was like, well, I think that, you know, people reacted pretty well to that just with my immediate friend group. And I said, well, I might as well start my Twitter presence because I know that that's where a lot of this polling gets done for the Pete Mortel Award and, you know, started coming up with catchy sayings and, I guess one thing led to another and started started to get a little bit of fan base. Some people got pretty aggressive with it. If anybody questioned some of our celebrations, had a couple people block me because the fans that I had backing us through this whole campaign were, were really coming after these guys. <laughs> yeah, there, there's like some uh, sports tradition ones to get like pissed over like celebrations and stuff. And I just don't get yeah. it. Like, yeah. And also, there was one guy I forgot uh, who he was. He'd always reply to like your tweets with like funny edits and stuff. Like, oh yeah, like the pictures. Uh, God, what was his name? I know his in his bio it says uh, Golden God. Let me find this. I got. Oh find wait, it. that's that's the guy who gives us tickets. That's uh, oh really? Uh, Alex Alex Haas. Yes, yes, Haas. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't mess up. Wait, well, what a coincidence! No way. Yeah, Haas is the guy that's always putting this stuff out there. He's he's funny. He's, so, got some, uh, he, he's got some good edits. Yeah, no, he actually uh, roasted our podcast when we were uh, first starting out. We had like a real shitty logo, and uh, he tweeted back with like a Microsoft Paint like microphone inside of a football, and he was like, <laughs> "I think you guys could use this." That's funny. Yeah, no, yeah, we he, actually, uh, yeah, Alex has. Yeah, we got pinstripe ball tickets from him. Uh, shout out to Alex because his company, I guess, is, they sponsor the Yankees, or the Yankees are sponsored by them. New York Presbyterian. But so we actually, I actually went up and I was talking to him, I guess a month ago, I met him. We were just BSing him, talking tickets. He's a really good guy. We sat down, we actually yeah. talked. I've never met him in person, but he, uh, he was always on the train and those edits were something else too. That's actually my edit from my header on my, on my Twitter is actually one that he put together. Oh, really? That's yeah. Funny. <laughs> oh, I just looked at it right now. That is so funny. Yeah. I, I know people can't see this, but like. You definitely need to leave it up for a little bit so people can go look at this. Yeah, it'll be up there. I mean, <laughs> the, the at Cole underscore Murphy underscore 10. And um, 
you know, that's one of them. If you go back, I think it, I, they're probably in my media and replies or whatnot, but Alex Haas has them all on there. There's one of him making me look like Batman. And, <laughs> it, you know, he said, have you ever seen Batman and Cole in the same, same place and things like that? But he's funny. He's got another one with like a, a halo around my head. That's funny. Um, so just another thing I wanted to ask you is, um, yeah. do you have like a favorite uh, moment from your time at Rutgers, like whether it be football or not football related? Yeah, my favorite time when I was at Rutgers. Um, I think, I think the most the most memorable time, and I, I don't know, it just became so surreal the last few games. You know, you kind of realize that you're probably not going to get a police escort unless you do a really big crime, um, <laughs> again, and. Uh, it was probably heading into that last Penn State game and looking around the stadium. And that, that was probably the loudest game I played in. And after playing in, you know, the big house, the shoe, and all those all those pretty, you know, reputable places, I would say that Penn State's stadium was the loudest that I played in. And trying to get those cadences off were, uh, were kind of difficult. I thought that um, we, were, we were pretty capable of, of going out there and competing and standing toe for toe with them. But I'd say that after the, you know, the clock hit zero zero and the, the tail end of the game kind of got out of hand. Um, but after it hit kind of zero zero, that's probably my favorite time. Just being able to kind of look around and almost have, you know, your la- your life flash before your eyes with your whole football career and say, go, you know, this is it. And have all your buddies that you've been through the sweat and grind and sweat equity with blood, sweat and tears and kind of come up to you and thank you. And, you know, you don't really realize who you might've affected over the time, but I would say that that's probably, um, the, the biggest, the biggest and most memorable time was just, you know, kind of reflecting on that. And there's, and there's not many better places in, in, in college sports to take it in than there. Yeah. There's that atmosphere yeah. there. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't understand that like Penn state, like it's in Pennsylvania, but it's in the middle of nowhere. Like yeah, that stadium fills up ass to get there. It fills up every Saturday because there's nothing for like hours, like in either direction. Well, I, yeah. and they have, I don't know if you guys were seeing it because what, what day do you guys typically get there when you guys play on the roads or somewhere where like what, that? You guys what get day there do we get Thursday? there? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. We, we get there. So we leave Friday morning, like we're playing Saturdays obviously, but we leave on Friday mornings usually um, for that one, since it's within, you know, driving distance, we drove there, but the other ones we fly out usually in the morning and get there right before dinner time go through meetings and whatnot and and things like that yeah what i was just saying about penn state so i went up there a few years ago mm-hmm. and those people are there in rvs on wednesday and like Thursday. Oh, yeah. i mean so that yeah. i always say i tell people about penn state from around here and they ask me like where's the place to go i said i've never seen at a penn state tailgate so much beer with so little drunk people mm-hmm it's yeah. like everyone there, yeah. those people would be having, like, they'd have a good time in the beer Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that we actually had somebody come in. I can't remember who, whose friend it was, but they came in from Penn state and, um, they didn't win, but it was fun to, <laughs> fun to see them compete against us. I will say for, you know, for a team that, um, has struggled the past couple of years, one thing that we haven't struggled in is having a good time. Oh, that, that's, that's funny. Um, so one of your uh, Instagram questions that you sent us, I actually thought it was an interesting question, and it's not the one you we're not going to say because we're not going right. to talk about that one. Right. <laughs> um, is the what's the life as a walk on for? Like I guess like your uh, yeah. like day by day kind of a 
breakdown. Yeah. I think that was that was asked by Frederick Krebs. Um, yeah. But I'd you know the life is a walk on. Everybody can try to say that you know it's terrible and you get treated differently, and that and that's true to an extent because you gotta you gotta earn what your keep is. You know you wouldn't be a walk on unless unless that's where you were athletically or for whatever happened. You know, so at at the beginning you're at a you're not at a disadvantage. You're just under a microscope because everything and anything that you do can be. I mean it's it's ammo it's ammunition for them to get rid of you because at that point. You're just another number. You're not, I mean, it's not like you're taking up their money. All you're doing is, you know, taking advantage of the, the training and the, and the food and things of that nature. But, you know, if you, if you're going to go and walk on a place and take advantage of that and not realize that there's repercussions when you're not doing, um, you know, you're not putting in the extra time, you're not taking care of your academics. I'll tell you this, when I got there and, um, you know, I was, I was a nerdy kid, I guess in high school. Um, I was just like, so focused on football that I, I didn't being even when I was a quarterback, I wasn't getting invited to any parties and whatnot because everybody knew that I was kind of staying in and was really focused on that and, you know, lost some friendships over it just because I wasn't willing to sacrifice one thing for the other. But, um, you know, you get to you get to Rutgers and Rutgers has a pretty, you know, pretty prestigious name in terms of academics and it's located right there. And one thing that I was worried about was just being able to keep my GPA high enough to where they go well, why are we even wasting time with this kid? You know, he just tore his ACL and his GPA is, you know, X. And that very first semester I got there, I got a 3.0. And I was like, I was terrified that I was going to keep dropping. I was like, this is my first semester here. And it's, it's all beast. I was like, I've, I don't know. I had never experienced that before. And that might sound cocky, but I just, I just hadn't had that happen before. So I just made sure that a lot of the times where I could have been going out and, you know, there was no, there was no shortage of going out, but I made sure that I, my academics were in line first and, I made sure that my treatment was, was in line. I was, I was doing double treatment sessions just to kind of get back healthy. And so I'd say that the day in the life of a walk-on is everything that you would expect as a division one football player, you know, you, you get recognized around campus, not because maybe you look bigger and, and, and whatnot, but I mean, you have all the gear that everybody else has. You don't, you don't look out of, out of place in terms of, you know, you have a ripped up backpack and whatnot. They don't give you the old stuff. Um, so you have all the amenities, you have every opportunity to take advantage of it. It's just a matter of some people get kind of shell shocked and think, man, I finally made it, but you didn't, you didn't really make it until, you know, you get put on scholarship or you make a difference on the team and, and things like that. So those, that first, that first year I was there was a struggle just because of the, the ACL and worried about, about academics. But other than that, you still get to hang out with everybody, party with everybody and, nobody really questions, Hey, are you on scholarship and whatnot? They just kind of assume everybody's on scholarship because if you're walking on at that level, you better be better be worth the, the team's time. No, for sure. Cause I think a lot of people don't understand that, uh, walk-ons, a, a lot of the case in like D one walk-ons is they want you there to boost like the team GPA. So mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know if a lot of people know that because I know you talked about the GPA being only a 3.0 yeah. and that's not, it's not awful, but like when you think that you're there, kind of as like a, some of the, some walk-ons are there as like a GPA yeah. booster. You're not yeah. exactly like doing your part, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, not not everybody like, you know, I say that I was a, an academic weapon, and and because I mean that's people. It's because of the time that I put on the outside things. Like the reason that I was able to get a job and sign before I had even graduated, I had I had five job offers, and they were down in, in Dallas and Austin and New Jersey and. New York city. And 
Nashville. And, it, and it's not just because I had good grades is because some of these guys, you know, at least at Rutgers, they did a great job of doing this, this program put together called life beyond the game. And a lot of people think it's a joke and, you know, people get up there and they talk in front of the team and it's hard to keep these guys that are just coming out of high school focused. But I'm telling you what, these guys, the connections that we were able to, to have put in front of us have skyrocketed my potential in terms of who I know and where I can be in the next five to 10 years. And, uh, that's something that, you know, I took advantage of all the time. I always followed up a lot of the guys, you know, they get the business card and then they don't even send them an email. But, you know, if you were, if you were able to take advantage of that, send them an email, call them. It takes less time than that. And, or, you, you know, make yourself really stand out and send out a handwritten letter. That's something that I was really big on. And everybody that devoted time to come and speak to these, these, you know, these kids that are in college and just want to play, play football and party. Um, and, you know, if they're coming to take the time out of their day to talk to you, you might as well take the time to write them down a letter and, you know, show them that you appreciate that. And that's something that gets overlooked as well. No, for sure. I, I've seen a lot of people talk about that uh, life beyond the game program. And that's mm-hmm. like Rutgers brings in like guest speakers and like things from yeah. like the businesses. And like, yeah. I think I saw, um, Gary V, uh, Gary V was there. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, I think I saw someone uh, like you guys went to like New York City to somewhere. I don't know if that was a part of it. Yeah, yeah, that was th- we went to uh, Bank of America. Keith Banks, um, a Rutgers grad. Um, I've stayed in contact with him. I called him the, the day that I got my offer down here because we were we were talking about, hey, you know, if I do stay in the Northeast, um, would Bank of America have any have any openings? And, uh, you know, he was he was in my corner more than more than I could have asked for. And that's just something about taking advantage of that. So. No, for sure. Uh, Matt, I think you had one of the questions, right? Yeah, yeah so um, I know you already kind of mentioned it before, talking about who your little prodigy was with the, uh, <laughs> you know, Holden. So who who do you want to see uh, you know, take your role? You know, yeah, Billy Taylor X that. Hand the torch to. Yeah, yeah. So Billy Taylor's, you know, best best snapper I've had. And I, ha- I had a pretty good one on my Juco, too, and even, even at my high school. But Billy's just – methodical whether he was like a robot um there was there was never really one off target the only one that the the only one that i can remember was just the one at penn state and that one got me amped up guys giving me a little bit a little bit of a challenge but i think in terms of holding um corzak's not going to do it that guy's too good um not not too good to do it but he's just too good at what he does and there's no point in putting him putting him out there to hold um i think i think austin alvarici has has the ability to do it i would just uh you know i i keep talking i he actually called me the other day funny enough because me and him we always watch the bachelor and the bachelorette together that was kind of our uh, bonding times and uh you know he called me in because he said he was going to work with billy actually within the next couple of days and he's asking me different different techniques and in terms of the fluidity fluidity of the cadence um i think that i think that roach is a sorry i nicknamed him uh roach but uh Alvarici's got potential. I think that Cole Snyder, um, I think he could he could have potential. I know that he's always joking around saying he was going to take it from me when I was there, but um, that never came about. I think I think Dremel, um, he's he's kind of got that grit to him. I'm trying to think of other guys that would want to want to even be in that position to hold. Um, I could see Dremel, Dremel, Roach, and Cole Snyder would probably be the ones that that I would I would think off the top. 
All right, well, not to disrespect any of the other guys, but uh, we've had Cole Snyder's QB coach on before. We're trying to get both of them on uh, next, like after you. So we're fully yeah. going to endorse him to be the holder and starting quarterback. Okay. Gotcha. That's the, gotcha. Uh, he never leaves the field. Well, yeah, just, he just, yeah plays defense too. Just hide him at like <laughs> uh, linebacker. Just, just leave him. Wow. That's, that's high, some high expectations for the kid. Yeah, just never, never have him leave the field. It's it's the Snyder package, but all the time. Understood. Understood. I mean, it could be anybody. Yeah, it'd be, I, I just think it works because now we're going to put him at a – he's going to be a holding kick. So anyone who could be holding kicks and find the way on both sides of the ball, we're all for it. Yeah. Nice. That, that's a guaranteed Heisman, though. If you play, like, all three ways, it yeah. has to be. Yeah, I think I think so, too. I think that that's a, that's a shoe in all right, so um, just one more thing I wanted to talk about here, and then um, I guess we'll wrap it up. Is someone asked you a question, and their uh, username was a uh, Corsac is a god, which uh, mm-hmm. we do we do agree. We've talked to a pro kick Australia and how they um create these punters in labs there, and then um send yeah, them over no here. Yeah, no kidding. Graciously send them to us. <laughs> yeah, they're just um. So how how is he like in the locker room? Because I seem like he'd be a funny guy. Like he always. I feel like punters are pretty odd characters sometimes. Like they just have mm-hmm. like a, there's like all like a bunch of like I feel like they're all goofballs. Like they're all like uh, yeah, open books. Yeah. Well, that guy's <clears throat> that guy on the field is, well, I say not much different, but that's just because he's so he's almost got like a Peyton Peyton Manning type of humor, and so does Billy Taylor. But Adams is a little bit more like, I'm trying to think. It's more dark. He's got a very dark, <laughs> dry sense of humor. That sounds like my kind of guy. And, uh, you know, you, you talk to him and he, like, never breaks. He only breaks a smile when, like, you're not sure what's going to happen next. Um, he's, like, very – whenever we come out of the locker room and we're going onto the tunnel, he's, like, screaming. Like, his, like, battle cry is probably the scariest <laughs> one we have when we're going out there. He's just pedal to the metal, screaming, going down the tunnel. And he like slaps his face. I've never seen a punter get more jacked up. Um, and you know, when it comes to like punting against other guys, he's he's wants to. I mean, this sounds bad, but not embarrassed. But he wants to dominate the the net punt for that day. Like it's not even going to be a competition uh, with him and the other punter at the end of the day. He just wants to go out there and kind of dominate and uh, and things like that. No, that that's that's exactly how I think he'd be because like uh, that Iowa game this year, he had like I think four yeah, punts inside insane. the twenty. Like it was, um, just just while we're on the quest, the uh, yeah. topic of punters, have you seen a Miami's punter? Oh, the one that's all tatted up. Yeah, the one who's like a grown man. <laughs> yeah, that's I don't know. Th- those guys come over here and they're they're old. The one that was at Maryland was like twenty eight or something. 28 yeah, or 29. Uh, and then the yeah. guy from Houston, he mm-hmm. was old too. The yeah, ice cream I, I man was punter. Tonight is 29. Holy cow. Like, they they yeah, come they over here. Like, they have like a life before, and then they come over here. It's like BYU, but just for kickers or punters. Yeah, all right. So uh, last topic here, national championship tonight. Uh, this will probably be out uh, maybe Wednesday, so the game already happened. But just – Talking about now, who do you think will win, LSU or uh, Clemson? And do you watch football in your free time, or is that kind of something you're just going to leave behind? No, I probably I've, I've become more obsessed with watching football. When you're playing it, it seems like that's all you're doing is watching opponents, and you're not even watching it for the fun of it anymore. But um, 
now now that I'm you know away from the NCA and whatnot, I, I'm able to to bet on the game between friends and whatnot because there's all those compliance issues. But um, you know, given given the fact that I was teammates with Isaiah Simmons, number eleven, um, you know, we played three years when yeah, it would have been three years together. Well, we played in eighth grade too. Um, Wait, in high like uh, high school, like like little league, you played with him? Yeah, we. we when I was I was quarterback and he was he was one of my receivers, um, and then we also ran track together. There's a lot of a lot of good talent that came out of my high school actually. But but yes, I got I got to go for Clemson tonight. Well, um, even though he's your friend, I think he's going to lose. Um, he's a very good linebacker and he's also a massive man to be running track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me and him um, were running. We we ran the four by one together, the two hundred against each other, and the four by four. Yeah. Oh, actually, there was a uh, one question I forgot, and that was from yeah. uh, I, th- I think it was someone you're, you're friends with, or he's another holder somewhere. I think mm-hmm. I saw that. Oh one. yeah. Uh, Matthew <laughs> Stevenson. Yeah. Said, I want to hear Cole talk about who was the biggest competition for holder of the year and why they were such a threat. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that. You know, given given the respect, you know, all respect to Preston Brady and, and winning it, um, you know, he had he had a pretty good, pretty good campaign and season and whatnot. But I would say that um, Maddie, Maddie Ice, man, that guy, he, he's a goofball. He kept me he kept me on my toes because he said he was going to send me this package. So now I'm thinking, OK, when's this package going to show up and is it going to embarrass me and um, put together that put together that video It's pretty well 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 put together production and um about him going to the hospital and holding babies for a, an occupation because of how soft his hands were but um you know i think that in terms of people that were active actively campaigning um you know i think that matt put a put together a pretty good campaign and he was something that that i was uh you know keeping my eye out for preston was was really good but it was probably more fun to go against matt than anybody yeah, that, that's funny. I think it was funny, like how into it you guys got. Because, like, I'm not gonna lie, we follow college ball like pretty, um, obviously, like pretty seriously. I've never heard of the award until this year. Like, you guys brought attention to the award. Yeah, that was that was something that I wanted to. Um, and Pete Mortel, he he reached out to me after, and he said that um, when it came down to it, obviously it was decided by committee. But he said that I lost I lost in the committee vote by one, and that he had uh, he had voted for me, and but. You know, in terms of I, I couldn't ask for anything more to be a semifinalist and be in that group of of holders and, and bring light to this campaign, because it's awesome. You know, being able to have that podium and start to fundraise for great, great, you know, nonprofits. Preston decided to go with St. Jude. And uh, it's, it's just a really cool, a really cool thing. And I think this year, more than ever, everybody that was pursuing it was, you know, good hearted about it. Um, mm-hmm. And everybody was kind of. You know, even though even though Preston is the only guy that won it, everybody's kind of has his back and uh, and things like that. <clears throat> but I didn't know if you wanted to go over any of the other questions. So uh, were there any that we uh, missed that you want to talk about? <clears throat> One of the ones that I think has been my favorite topic to, to kind of poke fun at. One of the guys that I played with, um, Travis Vokalek, the guy that transferred down to Nebraska. He, yeah. uh, so he was, you know, he's a specimen. I'll tell you that. That guy is probably the most, the biggest, the, the largest pretty boy I've ever seen. I don't know how you're six, seven, two sixty, and still look that, 
you know, that attractive, but that guy does it somehow. He's just a, you know, cute kid from Midwest. He's my little bro. And, uh, he's from Missouri. I'm from Kansas. So we kind of, we kind of hit it off after that, but he would always get so upset when we're in the, you know, when it came testing time and the, the strength coaches would test our body fat and, and things like that. And I don't know if you've heard from, from other people or, um, other things, but you know, my diet wasn't the best. My nutritionist was not very happy with me. Um, <laughs> I, I think honestly, I was probably eating like, I think I had, well, chicken fingers was like every day. It was either wings over, which is like this, this good wing place right on college Ave. And then we had uh diesel and Dukes, but my body fat percentage was, I think it was like five point it was 5.4 the last time that we measured it. And Travis's was like 6.9 or, or maybe higher than that. And he was so blown because he, you know, he does everything right. He eats right and, and all this and is cut up, but somehow his body fat percentage was way higher than mine. So he got a, he got pretty upset about that. And, you know, a lot of people ask me what, what's my workouts and what are my diets. But honestly, I just really like, I eat whatever I want. Cause I go really hard in the weight room. I was one of those weirdos that just wanted more more work to do i guess yeah i mean i wanted to make myself known somehow so just worked out in the in the weight room until i couldn't really work out anymore yeah um so i, I actually uh talking about food on campus did you have a fat mm-hmm. sandwich uh during your time at oh Rutgers? yeah 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 the fat daryl is the one that i go with every time you can't go wrong with mozzarella sticks fries marinara sauce chicken fingers inside of a sandwich no you That's can't go wrong with it for yeah, I've, I've had those too. You can't really go wrong with any of them. I think the one I get is uh, it's like barbecue chicken fingers, mozzarella sticks, French fries, and a cheesesteak. Oh, yeah. yeah, like I mean that's that's so good. That stuff is the, so good. There's so many good foods. Diesel and Dukes is another one that I eat like all the time. There's a breakfast burger. It's got a it's got a fried egg on there with a little bit of aioli sauce, chipotle mayo, some bacon, some some Swiss cheese. Oh, and it comes with Ranger fries. My buddy Zach Allen put me onto that one. All right, so uh, just one last thing that I wanted to talk about yeah. quick. I, I think I feel like I said that ten times already, but we just keep no going on. Hey, so like, no worries, we can go forever. <laughs> I, I enjoy yeah, these kind of things. Probably. I mean, we could always have you back on for a second time. If I, mean, I know you're starting awesome. a job, so you'll be a little busy. But um, oh, I just wanted to say one story quick because uh, a certain Rutgers offensive lineman that graduated um, this season. Uh, I work at Shoprite. I don't know if you know what that is. I don't know how yeah. how much how much you ventured into yeah, the yeah. wilderness of New Jersey. <laughs> but um, a certain Rutgers offensive lineman came into work the other day, and uh, I was working, and he wanted a thing of hummus for to lose weight. He was getting it for lunch, and we have a like 16 ounce one, then a pound one, and a three pound family size one. <laughs> he bought the three pound family size one for lunch. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm not sure if that's exactly going to help you lose the weight, but who knows? Um, yeah. I, I just thought it was funny. Just yeah, it is crazy. You see those linemen transition, tra- like transformations. A lot of those guys lose so much weight whenever they're done. And yeah, like uh, uh, Joe Thomas for the Cleveland Browns. He's like skinny now. Like yeah, it's insane. It's insane. You know, and it's good for them. It's better on their knees because I'll tell you what the 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 type of impacts that they put on their knees day in and day out is pretty, pretty insane. Yeah. And then so another, we live like fairly close to Rutgers, like 20 minutes, yeah. probably max. Okay. So, um, one time I was also at work and, uh, Micah Clark came in 
And like I didn't even have to like see like his face to recognize him because we played against him in high school. He was massive, yeah. unfair guy could block the entire line, but just putting his arms out. Mm. Um, wasn't really fair, but not gonna get into it. And right. um, just seeing him, like I just literally by seeing his back, I was like, oh, that's Mike. Because he's massive. He's like six five or whatever. Like, yeah, just he's, it's crazy he's how big now. Are. He had. Uh, I think I'm pretty. I'm almost positive that he retired, but. Um, you know, he was a good guy. Had a really big heart. He just, uh, I don't know. He just couldn't couldn't stay healthy for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, his his brother, I think, is still at Rutgers though. Like yeah, half Jamal. Of... He's a good yeah, dude. Jamal. He is a funny guy. That guy, I enjoy. I enjoy being around him. He's a nice guy. Stays low key. There's yeah, a lot of right. on that team. So, um, if you just want to end this by uh, t- telling everyone. What you got going on in your life? Any like shameless plugs that you want to uh, put out there? And then we'll wrap oh. it up. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I took I I decided to get out of the Northeast, although it treated me nicely with uh, welcoming with the ACL tear. But you know, managed to managed to actually make really good friends. Some of those guys, I'll, I'll I mean, I'm coming back up there. I, I have an award to accept in March um, for the College Football Hall of Fame with within the chapter. It's for some academic award. I don't know the exact name of it right now, but um, I'm flying back up there in March to accept that. I'll come back and, and walk in May. But, you know, I, I thank thank the Northeast, thank Rutgers for taking the opportunity on me. And now I've got a great situation for me. I'm living in, down in Nashville and I'm starting a sales role and going to start living down here. And my girlfriend should be moving down here sometime soon um, once, she gets a, once she gets a job. And, you know, we're going to plant our roots here and, and go from there. Uh, that's awesome. So, uh, yeah, like I said, you're always welcome back on maybe uh, sometime before the season. We'll have you would back on. We'd love to. Yeah, we'd love to have you. You're a great guest. Uh, Matt, anything you want to say? No, you pretty much covered it all. Sweet. All right. So, um, yeah, thank you, Cole, for coming on. Well, good luck at your new job. I think you start uh, tomorrow, right? Yeah, Wednesday, uh, Wednesday morning. Oh, yeah. when, Wednesday. Okay, Wednesday. so two days. Yeah. So I got a little bit. I can watch the. I can watch the whole game and 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 explore a little bit of downtown again. So, all right, have fun with that. Um, we'll thank do. you for coming on. Yeah, no, thank you guys. Thank you so much. Look. All right, guys. That was Cole Murphy. Uh, like I said, pretty down to earth guy. Uh, academic weapon, as he said, his words, not ours. Uh, so thank you guys for tuning in. Obviously, it is now the off season, so we're gonna be. Trying to get things rolling again with the questions from you guys because we're going to need help getting some uh, conversations going. There's not going to be much going on. So any questions you guys got, life-related, football-related? I know we answered a question last year about socks. Yeah, we did. I just remember that. So if you have any questions like that, feel free to tweet them in. Those are always pretty fun to answer. Uh, So I guess we'll see you guys next week. Thank you guys for tuning in.